Good morning. Let's begin with a time in prayer. Lord, as we gather today, we do so recognizing that you are the one who has drawn us out of the darkness, out of the hard-heartedness and blindness of our unbelief, and that you have done so through the gospel of Jesus Christ. As we, your children, then shed that light to the world, we pray that you would bless our witness. In Jesus' name, amen. Glad to continue our, what I'm calling, vignettes, 10 Modern Evangelism Myths, a Biblical Corrective. This one that uh, Ryan Denton goes into is described as myth number eight, hell should be left out of evangelism. He starts off by saying, in an age such as ours, should we really mention hell when evangelizing? And I wanted to pose that question to you. Uh, the, if it's a myth, you, you know that the answer is going to be, well, no, we should not leave it out. But let me pose it this way. Why do you think that sometimes we as Christians are hesitant to speak of the biblical doctrine of hell? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, there use the word that is a little bit of a trigger for me, the word intolerant, and I'm just going to have to go and spend a little quiet time. Or, no. uh, I, I shouldn't poke fun that way. Uh, that's, um, it is part of the culture in which we, we live, and intolerance is one of those values uh, or one of the... Uh, it's anathema in, in our world today, so intolerant. And the doctrine of hell is, is eminently uh, intolerant because it speaks of a holy God who judges righteously and judges forever and ever in the eternal punishment of hell. Uh, add something to that, Dave? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah. Yeah. 
Very good. Very good. Yeah, Dan. Mm-hmm. Mm hmm. Very good. Yeah. So we, we, as Dave was saying, we think that we can, uh, by a doctrine of hell, will will shut off further conversation, and in our minds, short circuit what our goal is: the sharing of the gospel. And I think that that might stop all conversation. Uh, we think that uh, that. That we will be um, we will be rejected because of a sense that that we are the ones who are casting this judgment upon others, whereas it's a, it is God who is judging. And Dan elaborated on that just a little bit as well. So uh, I want to go on right now on into uh, something of uh, not something, but go on into the the teaching that I wanted to go into today because it's going to address some of these senses of objections about sharing the gospel and, and some of the fears that we have uh, about the, the doctrine of hell are going to come up in, in the midst of that teaching. So I want to direct your attention to Luke chapter 8. And as you look at that, it's the parable of the sower and the seeds. It's a longer parable, and I, I want to just uh, let you have your eyes upon that so that you can be thinking about what Jesus is doing in the midst of this parable and how his description of the sower in particular are going to minister to us in, in our understanding of, uh, of evangelism. So when we turn to this, we... Uh, uh, I've observed recently, and maybe it was even in this class, that we often gravitate towards the what it is that happens to the seeds in each of these different cases. And there's some there's some truth in this. There's some that falls on the path and is is taken up uh, by the by the birds. Some is withered by the sun, choked out by the weeds, and then finally a, a seed that falls on good ground and. Uh, grows and uh, produces a great harvest. And in our, our focusing on that, what, what we often are looking at are what is happening with all of these different individuals, and that is part of the parable. But as Jesus begins this parable, he focuses not on the seed and the response to the gospel, but he focuses on the sower. And what the sower does is that he takes that seed and is broadcasting it widely. So, and if you think about it, he is not going around with his trowel and only looking for the ground that is going to produce, and then there very carefully stirring that up and putting in one, two, three, four, five seeds, all of which will sprout and will grow to a harvest. 
Instead, he is, is broadcasting the, the seed very, uh, very generally, and some falls on a variety of different grounds. And what that does is that it encourages us that God has a free offer of the gospel, a free offer that is being broadcast out to everyone who will hear, and everyone that, uh, that is indeed uh, born in sin and raised in that and blind to the gospel and by nature unresponsive. But the free offer of the gospel still goes to all those who hear the word of Jesus Christ. And it is a glorious gospel for us when we think about evangelism, that God has given us a, a similar charge and a similar uh, responsibility and privilege to be part of broadcasting that seed and broadcasting it widely and liberally. Uh, now, in, uh, um, in the book uh, called uh, Get Real, um, now the name of the author uh, escapes me right now, it'll come back to me in a moment, um, I've referenced this before in this, in this lesson on evangelism and taught through the book earlier, but this stood out for me. He said about this, um, our sower is wildly optimistic about the possibilities of finding good soil because he throws the seed everywhere. You might want to say to him, wait a minute, don't you know that only one out of every four seeds you plant will produce fruit? Why bother at all if your return is so small? His response would be, I'd better plant a lot more seeds then. <laughs> in other words, if few people respond, increase the number of people you're sharing the gospel with. <laughs> and I thought that was really well said. If only one in four are responding from this parable, well, I'd better plant more seeds rather than narrowing down a focus in our minds. So in our thinking about the... Uh, the, the sharing of the gospel, we uh, often face some discouragements as we do that. Um, and one of those discouragements is that some will say no. And we could summarize this as a rejection, uh, a rejection of the gospel, or as Dave was describing, a rejection of us as ones who are the one uh, coming in condemnation and ones that are, uh, uh, are standing over them in judgment. This is tied in with that idea of the doctrine of hell. And so the, uh, the fear of rejection is something that often quiets us in our sharing of the gospel. And in our class and in our understanding of the scripture, especially here in, in Luke chapter 8, the uh, one answer to that is to say, well, how are you measuring success in what is happening here? Are you measuring success by the fact that uh, everyone you share the gospel with are coming to Christ? And really, that's the wrong measure. 
if you're just measuring the percentages, then you are looking at the, at, at the task of evangelism in, in the wrong way. Very uh, early in this class on evangelism, I, I set before you what our goal is. Our goal is to bring people into a confrontation with Jesus Christ. That's our goal, and that's, in a sense, our measure is, are we planting the seeds? Are we engaging individuals in a way that brings them in connection with the Word of God and with the Lord Jesus Christ? We have a commitment, so to speak, uh, to... Um, to a, a bigger view of what God is doing in evangelism as well. And that bigger view of evangelism has in mind that witnessing is not just an event, but is often a process that is taking place. So uh, again, earlier in the class, I described that there is sometimes a period of time that's taking place. Paul describes this in 1 Corinthians, where he says that some planted, some watered, but God granted the increase. And so as you view your task in evangelism, it may be that you are receiving something of a baton from the person who came before you. You're taking the next steps in watering what they have planted. And it may be that you will be handing the baton on to someone else. And just the fact that this, the individual that you're sharing the gospel with right now does not respond positively uh, should not be a mark of failure or a, a mark of, uh, uh, of rejection. So uh, the, that impediment or that that hurdle that might be in your mind about sharing the gospel, your, your fear of rejection, uh, needs to be reoriented by our view of what evangelism is. And just to follow through with that, the, the myth about whether or not we should speak about hell, let's talk about that just a little bit, because uh, one of our other fears is that idea that uh, what, will, uh, what will other people think of me because of this? We would answer that by, uh, by remembering that, that God is the judge and, and you are not. Now, you are associated with Jesus Christ. You are his representative, even his ambassador. And so there is some uh, personal rejection that is taking place. And it is often voiced in a way that is very directly uh, pointed towards you. And that may, that may be part of the difficulty is we, we don't want that uh, uncomfortableness of being rejected by, uh, by someone. By speaking about hell, that does uh, sometimes tend to cut off a conversation and an individual will reject an opportunity to continue along in that conversation. There is a personal sense of, of rejection that takes place. In the book Get Real, the, uh, the author uh, identifies this fear and 
His answer to it, when he says we're afraid of what other people would think of it, us, um, his answer is to say, get over it. Uh, and the reason why he says that is that evangelism isn't a popularity contest. Evangelism isn't a, an effort to put yourself out as an influencer to see how many followers that you can get on your TikTok account uh, and how many likes that you can get because they are in tune with what you are saying. No, evangelism sometimes has hard truths that speak, that, that we speak, that will actually be an aroma of death to some and an aroma of life to others. So we are not the ones who are, are standing in judgment ultimately. It is God's judgment that is being proclaimed. And it is his judgment that, that we are, are, are broadcasting. It is an essential part of the gospel truth. We are broadcasting the warning that says, flee the wrath to come. But in speaking of hell and in speaking of God's judgment, we also are bringing with that the good news of what, is, what God is doing, that God is reconciling the world to himself in Jesus Christ. So there is an answer to the bad news of hell, and the answer is the good news of Jesus Christ in the gospel that we present if you think that you're short-circuiting it, go back to the answer to the first objection and remember that, that evangelism is often a process, not a single event usually, but often a process. And if you're afraid that you are somehow short-circuiting what is happening, go back and remind yourself of the sovereignty of God in evangelism. Remind yourself that... that that you can't short-circuit ever what God is doing. And then think of it in that process analogy again, that it may be that as you plant that initial seed, that it is offensive to someone. It puts them off so that they cut down a conversation with you. And, it, and so uh, it, it seems like they're short-circuiting the, the process of evangelism. But that's a point where you can go and pray that the Lord will bring another individual into that person's life who will take up the next aspect of the sharing of the gospel. It might be the next day, it might be the next year or later that someone gets involved in a conversation with that one who rejected it and, and he brings up this point where someone was was uh, telling him he was uh, a sinner and was deserving of God's judgment, how offensive that was. And it may be that that next individual will say, well, that's very interesting. I, I had a very similar experience and yet went and looked at what the Bible says about me. I found that he was saying it was true. And my experience was the guilt of my sins was weighing down on me. And it might be that next process, the watering of the seed that, uh, that the Lord brings up.
that brings up fruit. We do need to remember that there are some who reject and that the gospel is an aroma of life, but also an aroma of death to others. So another, another objection or another hurdle that we might face in sharing the gospel is that we feel awkward and uncomfortable as we do this. You may feel like you fumble for words, or you may feel like you need to have everything just right and able to, uh, to be able to do this. And uh, two answers that we could give to that is, uh, is to, uh, to, first of all, remember that what we are engaged in is, is spiritual as opposed to mechanical or rising only out of the mechanisms or the uh, having the right words and the right approach and the right uh, presentation to share with an individual. Evangelism is preeminently spiritual, and so when, when you feel nervous about what you are engaged in, it's a time for you to remember that the sower is sowing seeds and he's using you to do that and that surely God will have some seed that grants increase and, uh, uh, and great increase, a great harvest that would be born from that. And that as you are sowing the seed, you can fall back on the sovereignty of God and pray and trust that the Lord will bring people to you that, uh, and will give words to you as, as are needed. You can trust him to, uh, to bear that good fruit. Uh, the author of Get Real, I just remembered his name, is Leonard. And he also, in answering this uh, objection, he says, be natural in uh, when you uh, when you feel awkward. Remember that naturalness and listening to an individual, having a genuine conversation with them, is is very important. It relieves us of trying to force or intrude on a relationship and to uh, try to bend it to where. It finally fits what we think would be the best opportunity to, uh, to share the gospel and kind of holding, waiting for that perfect opportunity and to, uh, to finally speak. Instead, uh, uh, naturalness will lead you as you listen, will lead you to, to say, oh, that reminds me of an experience I had, and to speak out of your own experience, out of your own personality, um, share your own testimony, which is going to be something that I bring up next week. Share your own testimony. And it's, uh, it's appropriate to practice this or to, uh, to be in, in a setting where you are with other believers and you, uh, you practice sharing your testimony so that you're comfortable with that. For a long time here in our, our own congregation, we have had a, a program of, of equipping the, the high schoolers and, and a little younger 
in our summer vacation Bible school and outreach program, we've had a program of giving them that opportunity to think through their own, their own testimony and then to share it with each other in a safe environment. And, and that, uh, I'll come back to that next week and encourage you in a similar way. Uh, the final objection or hurdle that, uh, uh, that Leonard brings up in his book is that uh, one of the discouragements that we face is that at the root, we just don't believe the gospel. Um, we don't believe that God is, is indeed saving sinners, of whom I am chief, uh, we can say. We think that, uh, that uh, we are the ones that need to convince with the right arguments, convince with the, uh, the perfect setup or the uh, great illustration and uh, and we're placing all the responsibility back on us. So uh, we will modify what we say. We will tone down hell so that make it more palatable. Uh, we will uh, make the presentation uh, uh, to to fit our own sensibilities, and instead. What we need to do is to, to go back to what the gospel says, that, that it is purely by the grace of God that he shows mercy to sinners. We need to go back and think of that perspective and remember that, uh, in a sense, it's foolishness to the world, the message that we're, we're, we're speaking. It's foolishness to the world, but God uses these simple things to bring life to the ones he is saving. Uh, with that in mind, I want to uh, to give an opportunity for some uh, some interaction again. We heard some answers to this idea of the uh, the myth that we ought to tone down the gospel or or not speak about hell, and I've tried to address that a little bit here. But uh, after the class last week, Dave posed uh, a very interesting question that. I think fits in well here as we are interacting a little bit about some of the discouragements that we might face and how we might answer some of those. So uh, the way Dave put it is this way that I, uh, I'm going to share, share with you. Describe the last time or two that you had an, an evangelistic encounter. Think of the last time you were talking to someone about Jesus Christ and you may have had an opportunity to invite them to church or invite them to a Bible study or even came to ask that very pertinent question, do you want to repent of your sins and trust in Jesus Christ? So think of those, the last evangelistic encounter you had. What went well? How apprehensive were you? Uh, I'll start with those two questions. I have a couple more that uh, that Dave poses, but what went well and um, how apprehensive were you? Let me, I'll, I'll flip those around. Since we're talking about some of the difficulties that we've had, let me begin by asking how apprehensive were you in that situation? Vicki. 
Very good, yeah. So some of your apprehension might come from the fact that you've invested in bringing a person to this point of, of uh, speaking and sharing Jesus Christ with them. And in investing a lot, you may be apprehensive about how that might go because you're longing for a response to the gospel. Uh, and uh, as, as you said, Vicki, I think it's good to remember that while... I'm going to go on and say I, I think it is uh, wise and proper to, uh, if the situation um, it, it warrants it, to arrange for that kind of conversation. And, and uh, we, we do similar things like that in going door to door. Would you like to have a, have a Bible study? Could I, could I sit down over coffee and tell you who Jesus is? Uh, one of our tracks that we talked about last week is, answers that question, who is Jesus? So, so there are some times where there's a, a specific event that is arranged. But um, in, that, in the broader concept of evangelism, it may be that it comes up more naturally and you find yourself all of a sudden in a conversation where, where you can share Jesus Christ and uh, think of that as part of the process. And even that event can be thought of as part of the process. And if your apprehension is about whether it be success or failure, um, it's right to long for them to embrace Jesus Christ. Uh, we pray for that. We, we do indeed long for that. But remember that our success or failure in evangelism isn't measured by whether or not they and they accept or reject. Good. Uh, uh, Jonathan and then Meg. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, yeah, uh, I appreciate that that sense, uh, uh, Jonathan. You've always shown a desire uh, among your neighbors and uh, among students and individuals that they would get that they would hear the gospel. And so, thanks for your honesty in saying here's an event that 
that I, I, I decided not to because of the, both the physical pain, right? Is that what you're describing? And, and mental pain. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and sometimes we will look at those situations because of the, the condition of that other, other individuals. We, we may reason, I don't want to add to his, his pain or discomfort. Um, and uh, uh, I appreciate you bringing that up and, and would pray that you would would go forward with the, with the uncom- uncomfortable bad news so as to share, the, share that good news that, that comes up. Uh, Meg. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. A number of things in that encounter that are really good that the question was asked and you were ready to give an answer on the text. And and I also like that invitation to, to come and, and meet together and to to explore this further. I think that's a great posture to have to be inviting into a further conversation, inviting into God's word so that that encounter with Jesus Christ can go forward. Good. Yeah, Dan. Uh, let me press on just a little bit more with that and maybe for the recording uh, Dan was talking about just a, a cancel culture in which we live and how hard it is sometimes to uh, to to bring up difficult things because of fear of, of getting canceled and um, go back to an earlier uh, um, earlier response that Leonard gives that 
that unfortunately that does happen. And I don't think it's all that new. It's just uh, become much more um, uh, popular or uh, visible because of all the social media. But um, it's good to remember that longer process and pray that there'd be a, uh, be others that would bring that word to them. Um, so how about things that have gone well? We've mentioned things that you're apprehensive about and things that have not, uh, not happened in a good fashion. What are some things that have gone well? Dave. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there there are often legitimate uh, hurdles that you might meet. Even Jonathan's comment about someone in pain, it's, a, it's a legitimate to think about that and to, uh, to meet the disparity of boss and, and worker. That they have to navigate that carefully. But uh, rather than being turned away, I think you're both, uh, Jonathan and Dave, working to find uh, solutions to, to navigate the, uh, those real concerns. Yeah, Vicki. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Very good, Dan. Yeah. Yeah. Mm hmm. Right. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. Yeah. Counting the cost is part of that uh, arrangement, isn't it? Or part of the answer to this. Counting the cost and the call of Christ to take up your cross and follow me daily is part of an answer there. I want to close the, this, this time today just relating uh, the privilege I had to hear a man's testimony a week ago, someone who was joining church where uh, down in Houston, uh, the, the man was sharing his, his testimony of where he had, had been, where he came from, a life of unbelief and mired in a variety of sexual sins and uh, burdened by that and looking at a variety of different answers. He went deep into Catholicism, but found no gospel there. He reverted to some, uh, some contact he had had in, in uh, other church life and finally had, uh, had heard some things from, uh, he came to learn that it was a reformed background, and so he thought, I need to find out more about this, and he went to uh, went to the internet and found the Reformed Presbyterian Church in Houston, and he went there. Our friend Jonathan Leach, who has preached here in Stillwater uh, several times, uh, a pastor down in, in Texas, was preaching there at that time. And the man said, uh, with, with tears in his, in his eyes and in his voice, he said, I went, and he was preaching from Ecclesiastes. And I heard the gospel for the first time in a way that I, I understood it. And as he prayed at, as the, in, in the pastoral prayer, that's not the word he used, uh, as he prayed, I, I knew that, that he was, was concerned for the life of those who were there. And as we sang, I found found comfort in God's word that spoke of forgiveness of sins. And I don't know if that was the moment of my conversion, but it was certainly a, a turning point for me uh, to come to Christ. And I tell you that uh, to, to kind of fit in all of these things that we have been saying that along the way that there are a variety of different things that God is using to bring an individual to himself. And sometimes we have the privilege of being there to harvest. And it might be that it is in a conversation that turns out, as, as Dave has described, where a man is reminded of the only way of eternal life being in Jesus Christ and how that's manifested in the church and he's reconnected. Might be that it is in uh, your invitation to church where someone comes and in the normal preaching of the word through a book like Ecclesiastes that someone hears the gospel and the Lord uses that. So 
encouragements for you to, uh, to sow the seed liberally and sow the seed widely, praying that God will grant increase. I appreciate the discussion here this morning. Let's close in prayer. Father, we do pray that you would bless the gospel that, that we share. And God, if we have been discouraged in the past, I pray that you would wipe that away and send us out with joy and anticipation what you will do next. And if things have gone well, we give glory to you and uh, are glad for the encouragement to also continue to sow the seed liberally. And uh, Lord, I pray that... Um, that that attitude of that response, I better plant a lot more seeds, would be part of our mentality. Give us an eagerness and anticipation for what you are doing and the work of evangelism. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks, you're dismissed.